0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: These two guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Teige. That's right. Welcome to the Rudy Gobert honeymoon period, which hopefully (laughs) lasts for, I don't know, hopefully it lasts for at least one season, but, uh, I uh, I keep seeing all these videos, Kyle, pop up on social media. The Wolves have posted some. It's just Rudy Gobert getting shredded in off-season workouts, just ready to destroy <laughs> the league and fight back at all these narratives that the Wolves gave up too much for a guy that can't do anything offensively. But I am like, I see these Instagram posts of Rudy Gobert just pounding it in the gym, and I'm already pumped for Timberwolves season.
0: <laughs> you know, Rudy Gobert replaces Patrick Beverly, not only because they were in the same trade, but... um as the guy you probably hated prior to him joining Minnesota, right? Like he is a big IG shirtless photo poster um, prior to arriving <laughs> in Minnesota. So now you got to kind of embrace that on your timeline. But um, yeah, he, you know, he takes really good care of himself. And that's another, I don't think we're going to talk about the trade again today, but it's another reason why like, he'll probably age better than most people. Cause like, he's not that physical, but he's still in great shape. So just because he just turned 30 doesn't mean he's like, you know, a shack 30 or something. So yeah, yes. he was uh way too many shirtless Gobert photos on the timeline the other day, but he's working out. He seems motivated. It shows so. that
1: he's, yeah, he's motivated. He's into it. I just added, how will Gobert age to our off season talkers list here? <laughs> I think that'd be a fun one. Is he going to be, you know, Dikembe Mutombo at age 39, just still finger wagging and swatting shots? Or will he, will he somehow deteriorate with his back and his feet or something like some seven footers, but we can, we can definitely, we should do like a okay, scale yeah. of, how could, like, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Like, Pekovic would be like, oh my God, his foot fell off and now he's got three years oh left God, in his contract. Yeah, oh
0: my God, he's a Serbian drug lord and yeah. he's wanted by so many different countries. <laughs> no, I don't think that'll be uh, Rudy, but yeah, I think he'll age well. And like I said, it's a, those videos have been cool. It seemed like he really goes back to what I think Doogie said, like, he really likes being here. I think he really is excited for a new chapter and um, it'll be, I mean, we're still like, what, two months out from like training camp, but uh, hopefully it goes fast because, we're running out of things to talk about as we discussed.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to we actually we're going to get some guests throughout the next couple months, too. Yep. We've been talking yep. about off microphone and uh, I always have just a boatload of fun, like historical things I want to dive into yeah. on these podcasts. So we can definitely do some of that. But today, let's let's make at least the first part of the show today all about Anthony Edwards, who I think it's funny that most of the discussion so far because of the Carl Anthony Town Supermax extension and the Gobert trade. Almost all of the discussion and like the DLO stuff where are they going to trade him? Or are they not? I feel like Anthony Edwards has been so far down the list of things that especially the national media are paying attention to. And even like locally among Wolves fans, he just, you know, he's just been kind of doing his thing and these trades, the trades are happening and signings and stuff. So let's do a dive into Anthony Edwards. And I'm just going to throw out a couple of general parameters here. I'll, I'll kick it over to you, Kyle. I want to know what do you think his, peak upside is so don't don't hold back like if, if he reaches his 98th percentile as a player what is that is there a, and we, make, we made a rule on this show if we're going to do player comps they have to be 90s or early 2000s player comps first and then if you want to throw some other ones out you're allowed to but what's the best case what's the worst case if you look at the scale of Anthony Edwards
0: and this is if you're listening this is why Phil is the goat at this stuff because he comes up with this content idea a week to the day before Ant turns 21. So Anthony Edwards, August 5th, he posted on IG today, big single and my birthday on the fifth Miami. So this might be the last time that Anthony Edwards isn't drinking alcohol legally, but um, in moderation,
1: t- Anthony in moderation. Yeah. Okay. Anthony Edwards careful. turning
0: 21 in Miami is something that might fill us with content for the next two months alone. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> um, no, I, I, we've gone over this now. I hate player comps, so let's do as many of them as possible. Um, but I was just kind of looking it up and the first one that came to mind, and it's been I'm stealing it from thirteen other people, was like the Dwayne Wayne cop, like basically like a modern day Dwayne Wade. A better um, shooting
1: Dwayne Wade, basically.
0: Yeah. So a, a, little, maybe a, a, a little Dwayne bigger. Wade
1: with three.
0: Yeah. Which when I was looking at like basketball reference and stuff, I didn't realize this, but Wade was twenty-two when he entered the league. Yeah. So Ant was nineteen. So Wade's second year, he was already twenty-three. Ant's second year he was twenty, obviously. Um and their per 36 stats in their second year in the league were pretty similar. I think they both averaged like 22.4 points, 1.5 steals. And then um, I think Ant had more rebounds. And Wade was a better playmaker coming out of college right away. He had the ball in his hands more. But I think on the high end, again, going back to the late or early 2000s, it's got to be Dwayne Wade, right? Because Dwayne Wade was also a beast defensively. We haven't necessarily seen that from Ant, but he's shown you those flashy steals, those kind of flashy blocks. So, that's like the high end was Dwayne Wade. I also, as I was doing some research today, stumbled upon, like if you Google Anthony Edwards player comps, there was a, uh, the ringer, the year that he came out in the draft and the top five comps they had for him were Kobe white, J.R. Smith, Colin Sexton, Dion waiters, and Jordan Crawford. So,
1: so just, yeah, that's tough. amazing.
0: Those are probably the five. If we're going to go to the other side, those are probably the five like low end ones, right? It's like, I feel like he's
1: kind of graduated all of those,
0: right? 100%. Like, none of those guys were ever, you know, sixth on Bill Simmons' trade value column. So I think physically they thought he just looked like Deion Waiters. They kind of had a similar, like, actual shot, too. But, I mean, he's already done more than Deion Waiters has done his whole career. So that would be the low end if things just went, you know, he turns 21, he spirals out of control, he gets sponsored by raising canes, and it just, like, (laughs) goes off the wire. but. I think the Dwayne Wade one is really good because I think their games are similar. Um, Dwayne Wade, people forget like how athletic 25 year old Wade was. He was a freak. So that was kind of my best comp. And like, again, too, that the stats kind of line up
1: too. So who, what was yours? So, yeah, I, my, the first one I wrote down was early two thousands, better shooting version of Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne okay, Wade yeah. himself made this comparison. I think at the beginning of last season on TNT, is like, he reminds me of me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just just a <laughs> a bouncy, energetic guy can get to the rim. Now Dwayne Wade could shoot; he had that more of that mid range jump shot, and then later on could shoot a little bit from beyond the arc. Yep. And so yeah, it's. I think you're just when when he came up through the high school and college ranks in the late nineties, early two thousands. There wasn't as much emphasis on having, hey, man, you're going to be having to shoot eight threes a game, so start working on your shot. It wasn't, I and mean, that was before the Phoenix Suns funball Mike D'Antoni team. So I think right. if if you took that version of Dwayne Wade and ever, all of his skill sets and physical attributes and plopped him into, you know, if he was a high school player from like 2012 through 2000, like the, the Steph Curry era, and then, and then a college player, I think organically he would have been a better shooter because he would have worked on it more just within the context of basketball. Uh so uh, let me come back to the upside here in a second cuz I actually have a an even crazier comp that I want to throw out there but I think Anthony Edwards has graduated his floor is already you know if it's a if it's a 20 story building his floor is no longer the first floor, second floor, third floor. Yep. You know, it's yep. I don't know I don't know that it's the 17th floor, but I think his his floor has has risen quite a bit since the first half of his rookie season and maybe this is I think his floor is above this but if he just let's say he's just kind of he he kind of flattens out as a volume scorer who you know just doesn't add a whole lot more to his game um can still do some things by just being crazy athletic but but he just kind of stalls out here and then winds up not being the greatest defender but Ty, Tyreek Evans was a guy like just a guy that oh, he's like yeah, he's like your fourth yeah. player he'd probably score 20 points but Tyreek Evans has been just a solid contributing player in the NBA for I don't think he's been in the league for two or three years now but throughout his 20s before some injury things I, I don't I don't think there's a worst case scenario that leads Edwards to be a bust at any point now he's to me I think he's graduated beyond that well yeah
0: you think? I, I, no I agree to it just I think the the elevator or the the high-rise idea of like he's no longer first second third floor it's like now he's 10th 11th I think that's a beautiful way to put it I mean there's also two like you could mix in going back to some comps even though these are more recent but like you know Zach Levine who was kind of a volume scorer, I think Ant's shown you more defensively already but I mean Zach has also been productive on the offensive end for a more consistent period of time also like DeMar DeRozan type stuff yeah. I mean DeMar only recently started kind of shooting threes and Ant's obviously added that to his game early on but um, yeah I just think I mean, again, it goes back to, like, any of these trade value summer articles where you're seeing him in, like, the Luca. He's not in the Luka tier, but, like, he's in these tiers of, like, untouchable guys and the future of the league. You don't really do that and still have a floor anymore that's like Deion Waiters. You just, yeah, you know, like you said, you graduate, you elevate yourself out to where a worst-case scenario is, worst-case scenario is, like, J.R. Smith, like, with a shirt off, like, when he was in his prime in Cleveland, so... Um, And again, Ant might have a shirt off next week in Miami, but I I just think that his ceiling now is so much, or his floor is so much higher. And as his floor has gone up, you know, linear as has his ceiling, I mean, we're talking about a guy who could be a top 10 player in the league in two or three years and he's still 20. So I like, I like those. I like those comps.
1: I'll give you one more here. I think in terms of a worst case scenario that should, I'm going to give you their stat line and I'll give you their name. Mm. (laughs) He was a two-time All-Star before, uh, age 25, 26, before injuries sort of derailed him. 34 minutes a night, 48% from the field, 35 to 37% three-point shooter. So not the greatest three-point shooter, but you can shoot some threes. 23 points at his peak, five rebounds, four assists, couple of steals. Energizer bunny type player not regarded as a top-tier player, but an all-star, like a, like a second-tier guy that's going to make some all-star games, and then the injury hits. I'll give you a guess as to who I'm talking about. He's still in the league. You're probably not going to get it because I just gave you some thanks.
0: You were saying all these nice things about being awesome, and I was thinking Josh Minot,
1: but he hasn't had injuries yet. So I don't know who Vic, he got. V- Victor Oladipo, He's, pre-injury got... Pacers. Okay, I, yeah. and it's... Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I think Ant Edwards going into his next season that his floor is pre-injury Victor Oladipo.
0: Yeah, that's like eloquent. I, I agree with that. And also too, I think kind of, like I said, we all forget how good Wade was many years ago. Like it wasn't that long ago that Victor Oladipo was like etching his way up. He wasn't sixth in a trade column, but he was in that like kind of untouchable tier because he was so good. And he kind of played a similar game. Um, don't quote me on this, but I think those might both be Tom Crean guys. Like I can't remember. If yeah, was in Indiana.
1: Indiana.
0: When Crean was what there. was his
1: Indiana timeline? Let's see here. Um, just to be factually radio, sure. correct on this show, let me find. I, a... I think
0: I think Tom Crean coached Victor Oladipo and obviously then coached Ant. So that's a that's another good one. Like you said, he was really really good before Oladipo was before those injuries just kind of derailed him. And you hope that he still has like another you know step of his career because I think he. I mean, I think he just turned thirty. He's a cream um, guy.
1: We got it right. He is a cream oh, guy.
0: Bing, bing, bing. Uh, yes. I mean, he just turned 30, so he's still a serviceable player. But yeah, when he was in Indiana, I mean, remember when he played alongside Westbrook for that year in OKC, like he was a pretty, pretty good player. So um, yeah, I just think again, the, the, the biggest takeaway for when I was doing this is that the floor is no longer what the floor was. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because like you said, he, we're looking at all NBA guy now and you don't have a floor as an all NBA guy of like, you know, essentially, a guy who's going to play for the Shanghai Sharks. So, so. <laughs> that's that's obviously moved up up the pecking how, By
1: the way, how did Jim or Fredette's team do in the, in the basketball tournament over the weekend?
0: You know, uh, I tried to log off from some of those tournaments, but I did see all over my timeline that he, like, hit a three to win it. Um, that oh, actually did he? Is, yeah, I think it is kind of a fun thing to watch or if, if it's in your area to go to. But, yeah, he hit a three. Um, he can still score. I mean, that's, like, one of those things that we forget when we talk about basketball players or, like, you know, I'm ripping Dion waiters, but if he showed up at LA fitness, he would drop 60 still because those guys are so like the level of talent is still so good that Jimmer could give you 60 in the TBT, but he also just couldn't make an NBA roster. So shout out to Jimmer because I thought Jimmer was actually going to make it in the league. And I was that and Derek Williams, I was pretty off on.
1: He did hit a game winner. He played for Floyd Mayweather's the money team. (laughs) <laughs> so is Mayweather, like, fronting the cost for their training or something? I don't know. It's, it's a $1 it's like million Mayweather team prize. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were bounced in the third round. The money okay. team was bounced by, by the Dayton Flyers alumni called the Red Scare. So that's a tough one. Mm. Well, I'm okay. kind of surprised that no one has paid Jimmer Fredette to just stand in the corner and jack eight threes in an NBA game. Was he just... Maybe he does he make more money playing in China, I guess, scoring 40 make, points think, a game? I think he made a lot of money going overseas. I think
0: he's 33. Um, but I also think, too, and maybe this is you could speak on this more about football or stuff. But like, I also think, too, in basketball, there's this like I heard Jamal Crawford maybe talking about this recently, where like if the NBA has a chance to either put a Haslam on their roster or a, you know, a Nate Knight, they probably just lean towards a Nate Knight, a guy who has more upside and isn't going to complain about anything. I mean, Haslam obviously yeah. has a coach's role, but for, for dead, I they probably just think we could use that roster spot on some young G league kid who can has a good bounce and can jump pretty high and maybe hit a three over a guy who doesn't really have as much upside. And maybe it's just easier to coach these young guys that are hungry rather than an older vet who, you know, might get ornery if he's sitting 65, 70 games a year.
1: Yeah, I think it's also probably really fun just to drop sixty points in Chinese basketball league games. Just go, go to some inferior league and be the be be the man. wasn't Wasn't Michael Beasley dropping thirty points a game in China at one point too? I sure I think happened. he just
0: signed another deal over there. I mean, I still think Michael Beasley could play. Michael, like you could make such a sick lineup of like Jimmer Fredette, Michael Beasley, Derek Williams. <laughs> there would be it would be the first time in like basketball history where there was no assists recorded because all those guys would just shoot, but um. Yeah, the Shanghai Sharks, man, bring them over for like you know how Europe brings their soccer teams over. Yeah, for, like these warm up things. Like I know the Loons beat someone recently. Bring the Shanghai Sharks over and let them play like the Lakers,
1: like in a be a blast. Series. Yeah, in the current members, the current worse. version of the Lakers. Let's let's let's, let's see how LeBron <laughs> and Westbrook fare against. Uh, There's probably the Shanghai more NBA Sharks.
0: players right now in the Shanghai Sharks than there are in the Lakers, but that's another topic.
1: <laughs> so okay, here's the. So we we both kind of stopped at. Dwayne Wade, a better shooting version of Dwayne Wade, and that's that's a pretty good place to stop because he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's top twenty all time in NBA win shares, and he's a multi time champion and team leader. And he's that's a great place to stop. If 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 Anthony Edwards becomes Dwayne Wade, I think everybody would be thrilled by that. But I yeah, want to ask he, you: Yeah, is there another level? Is there is. When you when you strip away your wolves inferiority complex, when you strip away your wolves' insecurity (laughs) and all the bad things that have happened to you in your Timberwolves life, when you watch Anthony Edwards play and you watch the way he moves compared to all the other players on the court, you look at his confidence, his personality, the way that he's kind of blossoming as a leader, the way that he has skyrocketed his ability to make jump shots and like he takes over games. Sometimes, not all the time. There's a level of consistency he has to hit. Is there, is there a chance? Because Dwayne Wade was never regarded as the best player in the NBA. The first part mm. of his career mm-hmm. ran up against Kobe's prime, and then the second part of his career ran up against LeBron's prime, and, and he wasn't even the best player on his own team for a number of years. He was still like a top five or ten player in the league. But is there a chance we're actually shortchanging Anthony Edwards' upside? I guess, so my long-winded question is, could he be the best player in the NBA in like five years?
0: Yeah, I, I think you, while you were speaking, I just kept thinking about the word durability and I kept thinking about Ant having that random knee thing, right? Which appears to be totally healed and he probably got time off. But like watching him throw that playoff series where he would just ran, he there's that one play where he got the ball on a rebound and started to dribble and he just like started limping and called the timeout. um and you know that's again knees are kind of what did Dwayne Wade in um it would all be about durability but yeah I mean I think I think you can say like Avengers Endgame like nerds but like Doctor Strange like the one out of 10 million simulations like there's a chance that Anthony Edwards could be the best player in the league the problem is is that you know like the problem was for Wade he was playing at the same time as LeBron right so for Anthony Edwards it's like he's probably going to always be playing with like Luca like in the league or maybe like if Zion kind of figures it out so it might not be a negative if he never becomes the best player just because there are so many other players that are really really good in his age range but I don't think it's uncalled for to say that he couldn't I mean like I, I was looking at it like Wade I think peaked in points per game when he was 27 he was mm-hmm. averaging I think 30 a game but he still gave you 21 points a game 62 games when he was in the heat when he was 33 so I mean if Anthony Edwards is giving you 20 224 points a game when he's 33 and he's still on the timberwolves i think that would be a pretty good sign that he hit like a 32 33 points a game when he was in his prime and it's also crazy too last time like it's crazy to think how good ant is and all this stuff we're saying and positive stats and he's again turns 21 in a week so like he's still that's the thing Mm -hmm. if tatum is only entering his prime he's like 24 25 like ant still has four or five years on tatum so it's like holy like that's pretty, pretty crazy. But no, I, I think you're right. I think he could have a chance to be the best player in the league when he's 25, 26.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's so he, here's my my thought and my logic on this. I think he has the skill set. I think he has the personality. I think he has yep, yep. the work ethic from what people are saying. And it's funny because one of the biggest knocks on him going into the draft was, oh, man, not sure if he loves basketball, right? He yep. talks a lot about football and says that he, that in an ideal world he'd be a football player, but then you immediately saw his personality and and you saw just the improvement in the second half of the season and it's like oh that's some seemed like some unwarranted criticism of him so I think some of that stuff is is behind him but if he continues to grind and get as close to the peak version of of himself in five years when he's because he's turning twenty one so when he's when he's turning twenty six turning twenty seven He is, and he is potentially a better version of Dwayne Wade. Let's say, if 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 that's the upside, the guys that he will be competing against in and around the same age group. So guys that are, so so Luca is going to be 23 this season, Mm -hmm. so he'll have a couple years. So he'll still be definitely in his prime when when Ant is emerging into his. Uh, Trey Young, I, 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 all due respect to Trey. I'm looking at other guys who are under the age of 24, 25 right now. All due respect to Trey Young. He's a wonderful player. I think Anthony Edwards' ceiling is higher than Trey Young's ceiling. You can yep. stop me on that hot take if you disagree. Nope, I would agree with that. Some of the big guys, like Jokic is twenty six, so by then he'll be thirty one, probably mm-hmm. on the downside after maybe another MVP award. Giannis will be thirty two. So we're kind of accounting for these guys maybe coming down the side of the hill at that point. Um I mean Luka... this I, I I got to be careful here because I'm going to get pulled over by the hot take police. I don't think unless Luca finds another level of physical conditioning, I don't think he's ever going to be. I don't think his defensive upside is ever going to be what Ant's defensive upside could be. Is Luca's offensive upside higher than Ant's offensive upside? I know it sounds ludicrous to suggest this because Luca is one of the best players in the world, but. Does he have an untouchable upside when put next to what Ant could be in five years? I don't think so, dude. I don't know. Maybe I'm just guzzling Kool-Aid right now.
0: No, and I think the guys you're talking about, and again, I I did acknowledge that I think Ant's 100% healthy, but he has had that weird knee thing that we've just never really gotten, like, a cool answer on. And maybe it's just weird random tendonitis. But uh, the guys you're mentioning is, like, Luca's not um, a GQ model. The Zion thing, like. It was reported that he had that weight clause in his contract. Um, sounds like he studies enough, but he doesn't maybe take care of his body. So <laughs> yeah, he studies that.
1: uninterrupted for four hours a week, but he's got yeah, bad exactly. legs. <laughs> So, But you know, Zion, um, Luca,
0: John Moran, 22. But again, all those guys, Ant included, are all kind of packaged in the same age range, but they also all have durability questions because they also, at least Zion, John, Ant, play the game at such a physical level that we haven't really seen since a young Wade, since a young LeBron. So I don't, th- again, it goes back. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at the guys who are in his bracket and figuring out like, you know, even Tatum will be close to 35 or six years now. Bronny James, by the way, is only 17. So he will be 23 when Anson is prime. He oh, might not yeah. be in the league, but it just probably for the LeBron fans should mention Okay, that. I have, a, yeah,
1: I have I, a dumb question. How good is Bronny James supposed to be?
0: Ooh, that might be for the younger audience, but I've, I've tried to watch a game or two like, I think he looks good. I mean, I think he, I don't know. I look around the league at some of the guys who get roster spots, and I'd be shocked if Bronny's better than Bryce, uh, LeBron's other son. But, I mean, I think he'll have a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, like, a G League thing and makes a bunch of money and then gets drafted in the late first round. But I don't know, man. Like, if it's 2026, well, no, I don't, I, I don't hold that. Maybe 2024, I think he's eligible to be drafted. Again, don't look that up. But And LeBron know, wants to
1: time his contract up.
0: Right, and the so Wolf, play and Wolves have the clutch angle with Marquise Watts, and let's say Bronny's going 25th in all your mock drafts, and the Wolves just won 53 games. Like, you bring in Bronny and LeBron as a package duo and pair them with Ant and win, you know, 92 regular season games. That might be, and people, might be what we're talking about.
1: three weeks ago, people were criticizing, well, the Wolves don't have any more chess <laughs> moves. What are they supposed <laughs> to do now that they traded for Gobert? We just gave you LeBron and Bronny in yeah. two years from You're now, welcome. okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay no, so i have I think, another I, dumb I be,
0: that's, that's a good that's a good comp though i like those ages and i think you make a really good point i don't think you need to get arrested by the hot take police
1: okay okay i have another dumb Bronny question is it is his, is his real name lebron james jr or is his name brawny i believe uh according to my friends at wikipedia it is lebron ramon
0: brawny james jr so i think it is lebron james jr but they okay. they kind of uh emphasize the brawny part after lebron had that weird like Interview where he's like, I don't want. I feel bad that my kid is going to have to live in my shadow or something. Well, yeah, Obviously.
1: you named him LeBron James, dude. <laughs> right. literally And by the way, <laughs> right, changing right. it to Bronny doesn't. Would you listen? Bronny's kind of cool. though y- y- You are a legend in the Canis Hoopus and SB <laughs> Nation sphere, and for that reason, would you ever name your your next kid Kai Kai? Kai Kai. No, I don't.
0: I'm a. I mean, if I could have a kid by myself. Uh, I don't think scientifically that's possible, but there's no way that's passing with my wife. Um, Kai, Kai, is not going to, not going to exist unless I told her that he had like a G league offer coming straight out the womb. But um, no, it's probably going to be like, I don't know, lemon or something. Um, Yeah. Something a little more creative than just following in my footsteps that are pretty small. Uh,
1: Okay. Every once in a while on the show here for, for those of you who live the lifestyle, we like to engage in some reckless speculation I laughed at this when it came across the Internet, but uh, oh, I figured uh, I, I laughed at it. Maybe you'll laugh at it or maybe we can engage in a, in a hypothetical here. But apparently an author from Bleacher Report, and I'm getting this synopsis from heavy.com, <laughs> heavy.com, just uh, among the leaders in reckless speculation. And so apparently in a July 25th article earlier this week on Bleacher Report, Andy Bailey shared a trade that would send Kyrie Irving to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And here's the synopsis. The Timberwolves have already been active this offseason, adding Rudy Gobert, et cetera. It's great. And, uh, and so maybe they're looking to, to upgrade the point guard position by trading D'Angelo Russell back to the Brooklyn Nets, who he helped bring to the playoffs a few years ago. And you'd so you'd basically be swapping one year of D'Angelo, and he could go play with maybe Kevin Durant, but maybe they'd still trade him. I don't know. Have fun playing with Ben Simmons. And then the Wolves would receive Kyrie Irving in the proposed deal. The Nets would reunite with one time all-star D'Angelo Russell. Um, following, let's see here, yada yada yada. A lot of fluff here. Uh so it's it doesn't really add any more context, I guess. But is there a world in which you would Ever consider trading D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving? 1000%. No.
0: I'm glad you sent me that article. And I looked at it, and again, it, it is it is beautiful July content. Um, because <laughs> and the, the, the trade offer was like no picks or whatever. And I, I like even wrote a note down. I was like, if you could get, I guess, a pick from Brooklyn or something, because I mean, Kyrie's 30, D'Angelo's 26. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to go on the court? Do you want to go off the court? I think off the court, we know why we probably just wouldn't. Even though both guys are highly respected in the league by their peers, I just would not want Kyrie around the guy we just spent 30 minutes talking about as the future of the league. Yeah, I I don't
1: need Anthony Edwards thinking the world is flat in 12 months from now. Yeah, so like that's I do think I do think Kyrie is is just in a vacuum. He's better than D'Angelo Russell. But I don't know yeah, that we yeah. need another player in here thinking that he's the guy that should, like, how would this team operate if Kyrie went full Kyrie and and it was at the expense of the growth of Anthony Edwards? I think sometimes D'Lo does that, but I also think D'Lo has been instrumental in, in helping Anthony Edwards in some certain mm-hmm. ways. I don't, I don't, that's the dynamic I would be uncertain about as well.
0: Yeah, and I think I've kind of made this clear since we started this pod a couple of weeks ago, but, like, I'm so like zagging on Russell while there's zig. Like I kind of am like buying the stock just because I do think like he gets the Ben Simmons treatment a little bit of looking so poor to close out a playoff series or something. But I mean, again, it's July 29th. I have nothing to do this week. So I rewatched the entire play in game the other day. We forget how bleeping good D'Angelo Russell was against yeah. the Clippers. I think he had, I think it was 29 points, six assists, five rebounds, three steals and one turnover. I think, you know, he had 29 and had 30. Carl followed out that game like he's a big reason they even got to that Memphis series because God knows Timberwolves stink like or, you know the, the aura of their franchise if they lose that game to the Clippers maybe they lose again and they don't even make the playoffs and then it gets blown up so I just believe more in D'Lo again having maybe he's still entering his prime maybe you know he's expecting a child this this fall like maybe he just kind of turns his life around a little bit becomes even more mature um players again he's always been really big on Jaden and Jalen and pumping up the young guys. Um, you don't see that from Kyrie as much half because he's not at the practice facility half the time, but I just think availability is, you know, the biggest ability. And I just think having Kyrie around ant gives me so many nightmares. Um, and like you said, maybe Kyrie is a better basketball player right now, but I still think DeAndre Russell is more of a playmaker and, you know, just having long arms is going to help with that defense a little more than Kyrie was. Cause Kyrie's not giving you really anything on that end.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's fun fodder and I'm really glad that someone at Bleacher Report took the time to consider writing uh, 500 words about this hypothetical trade here, but yeah, uh, Kyrie is just one of those star players that I I'm just I'm good. I think I'm good. I I would be curious to see him reunited with LeBron James for sort of a last gasp attempt 100%. at a championship for LeBron and just have those guys reconcile. Um but yeah, I think I'm good. And I and, and like you, I I let me back up a step. D'Lo drives me nuts sometimes. And D'Lo has been, not just this last season, but in his playoff five games with the Nets back in 2019, was, he's been terrible in the playoffs. The play-in game technically isn't a playoff game, even though it really is. A, it, it was a must-win game if you wanted to get in and, and have a shot to beat Memphis. Um, so like, he deserves full credit for that game against the Clippers. Totally agree. Yeah. He carried that game in the second half. In the eleven actual playoff games he's played, he shot like thirty-three percent. Uh he was obviously benched in the last five or six minutes for a relatively unproven commodity in Jordan McLaughlin in a moment. Like it wasn't like you benched him for a veteran playoff experienced guard, like you benched him for a guy with who's never been in a spot like that before. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes he lacks shot selection self awareness, but Having the summer to sort of digest this and the go bear trade, which I think helps pick and roll game. I think there's just a lot of good things that, uh, that are going to benefit Delo. I just, I kind of love the idea of writing out the last year of his contract here. Doesn't need an extension. If this is the last year he ever plays in a Timberwolves uniform, it's probably going to be one of the best years of his career at his age and considering what he has to prove to the league to get a new contract. Um, and then at the end of the day, if you want to figure something out on an extension, You'd have to probably go into the luxury tax to make that happen, but um, I'm I'm really curious to see what he looks like in a contract season now. So I'm kind of here for it now. And and again, kind of, I always just like to talk
0: about players like stocks for what it's worth. And I just think like the lo stock is pretty low. Um, maybe even though he had a good season, we only remember those playoff games, like you just said. And there's all valid stats and points. Like I think his stock price is just low where I kind of want to buy. I mean, I remember at mm-hmm. media day a year ago half the team talked about it being a contract year for them, um, like Carl and D'Lo, but it wasn't really. I mean, Carl was up for an extension this summer, as was D'Lo, but it wasn't a contract year. Fast forward to the summer, D'Lo, or uh, Carl and Devin Booker both get max extensions. They're rep by the same person. D'Lo was the only one of the three to not, but now he is in a contract year. And, he, you know, that whole having a kid, he's only 26. Like, I still, and maybe it's just the optimist in me from all these years, but I still kind of believe in him. So to your point, like, Play out the year, have him be borderline pissed off, motivated. That might be the best thing in the world rather than a guy like Kyrie, who also is in a contract year. But I mean, I don't know, man, he might be playing for the Shanghai Sharks next summer, right? Like, (laughs) if they don't have a vaccine requirement, like, who knows? So I think, um, you just don't want off the court stuff matters. You follow sports closer than anyone I know. That stuff matters. Locker room stuff matters. And there's no way I'd want Kyrie Irving within a thousand feet of Anthony Edwards or Jaden.
1: It does feel like, the way thing the way things ended could have set some people off. The way that Towns kind of shipwrecked a few games with just his emotional <laughs> immaturity, and the way that D'Lo hijacked a couple games in the playoffs with bad shot selection, and that and then Finch benching D'Lo, like there are some things in there that could derail teams. But and and you you and I aren't, aren't like sitting inside the building in the practices and stuff or whatever, like the the you know, just the workouts that they do on their own. It it doesn't feel like Anything got derailed, it kind of feels like the opposite that okay we the way that Carl Anthony Towns was talking at his at his uh max extension press conference a week ago, he was talking about, and I don't this is where like sometimes he doesn't take full ownership, but he's like, you know it was a great learning experience against Memphis, and we learned a lot of things and we're excited and, and all this stuff and it it I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't feel like there's bad blood to the point where the chemistry got derailed because of what happened against Memphis. You no, know, seems like yeah, the Gobert trade only added to whatever chemistry is is there in building.
0: And like you said, I think the 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 deal contract year having a, a a rim running big that he can throw lobs to, uh, I think is going to be big for him. And I just think too, like you know, if you knew how the sausage was made on any team, there's always little dynamics, right? Like towards the end of a year, you just I don't know, towards the end of a fiscal year at my job, people kind of get crabby with one another. So, Mm -hmm. and then we take a week off and we come back and we love each other again. So I think that's just, every team has their little stuff. So maybe you hear a story here or there, but yeah, for the most part, you know, just checking in with people that are on the scene all the time. Like, it seems like the vibe is really good. I'm sure we'll see them in another warm location. Maybe they'll be, you know, doing squats off Alex Rodriguez's yacht in Capri this fall. Um, But yeah, I just think the vibe is good. I think all those guys will like playing with each other. And, you know, if they go 30-52, and 52, everyone will hate each other and they'll blow it up. But I think right now it's probably the best vibes inside that locker room and inside that building. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was less than a year ago that Gerson Rosas was still running this team. They had no picks, and they hadn't signed Vando or McLaughlin. They had done nothing. Like, I, thank God we didn't do this pod last year because we would just be talking about jerseys just every week. The, yeah. <laughs> we need your jersey months.
1: scoops here before the end of the show here, too. You were, oh,
0: yeah. Oh, this God, might be definitely. a – can you
1: give us a little – Do you have some Jersey scoops for us?
0: Oh man. What uh, we have really pivoted into
1: off season content.
0: Uh, Yes. Someone out there. I I was trying to find it. I think it was um, Casey Vitelli on Twitter posted a pretty interesting graphic um, of what this wolves city Jersey will look like this year. Uh, It was leaked image. It kind of looks like if you haven't seen the photo, what happens when your um, TV with an antenna just goes out and all the colors pop up on the screen. Um, I'm out here in Portland. I'm like a, couple blocks away from the Nike headquarters. I had also seen that image. It doesn't look as bad as that one that's on Twitter, um, but it is kind of inspired by the arts scene in Minneapolis. I think the team had a big say, as teams usually do in these city jerseys. So we'll see what the final product looks like. But if anyone has seen that photo, it vibes with what I've seen. And uh, Hmm. it's not not nearly as good as what the Wolves have done in other years. Um, They will also have a statement jersey, I think, this year. I think they're replacing the green ones. Uh, Thank God. So those will go away. Um, And they might also have an earned jersey. You get an earned edition jersey if you make the playoffs, but that's like a option. So they're going to have new city jerseys. They don't look great. I said that last week. Um. But the statement jerseys look pretty cool. So um, more to come, but yeah, th- uh, I think they might have. I on I this
1: really one. liked the jerseys. The, the city edition jerseys last year were just the. It was like the old wolves font, and it said wolves across, right? Yes, kind of yes. That, that bright blue. I kind of dug those as the normal jerseys going forward.
0: Yeah, I and know. there's a uh, there's a mural in downtown Minneapolis. I think it's like um, I don't remember who it is. Like it says like these the the times they are, are changing somewhere oh, Bob downtown. It's got. Yes, the Bob Dylan one. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. it's like checkered colors. From what I've heard, like that's kind of the inspiration. Which you know they'll probably package together a whole presentation and a whole marketing campaign. But um, if, if they, they come use out the looking, times
1: they are a changing as kind of a tie-in, I could I, I kind of like that idea of yeah, you know, maybe the uniforms look like garbage, but I kind of like the idea of hey, there's, the times there's are, a lot the times are changing it. here, and and again, these teams from you know the Nike people
0: that I'm friends with, like the teams get to make the decision at the end of it. So um if they had a whole marketing campaign around literally like you said i hadn't even thought of that it's kind of brilliant like the times they are changing like the wolves are pulling themselves out of the muck um you could maybe sell it to me but let's see what the actual jersey looks like cuz i don't know man it just kind of looked like a drunk checkerboard um i but, like that you're hey,
1: you're you're prepping us for this though so we're not going to be wildly I'm disappointed to... you've uh, the, you've the, prepped the, us the...
0: If the statement jerseys come out, I think those are going to look really sweet. So, um, yeah. not every—I mean, look around at some other teams; they have some really bad jerseys. Not every year you hit a home run. So, uh, if they get one good one out of the two, that'll be good.
1: Hey, before we uh, before we say goodbye for this edition of Flagrant Howls, I know you were you consumed at least part of that Carl Anthony Towns press conference a week ago. You jumped oh, on yep. that Zoom, didn't you? Yep, yep. What did you make of him repeatedly saying championship or bust?
0: <sighs> I knew. <that. laughs> I was going to text you about this because I knew you were going to bring it up. Um, He he
1: does this thing sometimes where he'll just, like, he throws out these grandiose things, and I can't tell if he's serious or if he's just saying what he thinks people want to hear.
0: And that's a a month's worth of pods, just that alone. I really like Carl. I also just um, think sometimes he says cheesy stuff, but I also think, too, you look around at other teams and other, like, the hate on Carl sometimes is like, yeah, I hate the on-court antics and the complaining. When you talk about like a franchise guy, I mean, he's not, you know, like in the news for all the bad reasons that like, I don't know what Tristan Thompson is or something. He's no, he's a good human. I think pretty good human. But I do think going back to like the press conference thing, I think sometimes he just was grew up trying to say the right thing all the time, because in my mind, and I'll, then I'll throw it back to you, like under no circumstances to me, and I'm not trying to lower the bar. I'm with you on the, you know, win a championship before we die for the Vikings. Like, if they win 50 games for four straight years and that's all you can promise me they're going to win 50 games for the next four years but we can't tell you anything about the playoffs dude that's a home run for me like to me that's a home run so it's not championship or bust in my mind I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to lower expectations I just think that like you literally like I don't know man if you just lived in a box for 33 years and you said you're at least gonna have central air for the next four as we joked about before because I don't in my apartment like I would take central air for four years of air conditioning, and I don't have to know if I have a deck. Like it's not, it's not mansion <laughs> or bust for me.
1: Yeah, I I think okay. So with the Vikings, just to and because there's probably some people that listen to to us babble about the Timberwolves and don't listen to uh, Purple Daily, our our daily Viking show with with Jud Zolgad and I and, I and uh, Declan Goff, but um, or Jud Zolgad and me, I guess would be the grammatically correct <laughs> way to say that. But Friday. we we say at the beginning of every show, hey, we want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And we, we started saying that like two or three years ago because you know, we can be pretty critical of the team when they're underperforming mm-hmm. or they're like they haven't been above 500 in 900 days. And sometimes people wonder, why are you guys so critical of the team? Well, because they've been around for 60 years and the only thing they've yet to do, they've done everything there is to they're probably the best franchise in North American sports history to not win a championship. And so we want them, we're, we we kind of reject 500 football. We want them to win a championship and you know, there's things you can enjoy on the path there. But I think with the Timberwolves, we need, we need some kind of a rallying cry. I I like where you're going with this and it doesn't need to be the rallying cry that Carl Anthony Towns put out there where it's championship or bust. I know this franchise has won two playoff series in 32 years, but it's championship or bust. I think that, you know ideally down the road we want we would like this team to perform at a high level and i think yeah. i think we in minnesota, as minnesota sports fans i think sometimes we we just kind of shrug our shoulders and no ah, well we're just going to eat this spoonful of crap and try again tomorrow and and maybe not push <laughs> our teams and owners to do better so here's my here's my thought on a rallying cry for flagrant howls. it has been 2003-2004 was the last time the Timberwolves won 50 games in a season. Mm-hmm. And we kind of went over this on last week's show, where you got these franchises like Utah and San Antonio and Phoenix and the Lakers. Like, they've won 50 games 30 times in their franchise history. I think you calculated four times yep. in Timberwolves history have they won 50 games. They won 50 in 1999-2000, and then three consecutive years from 01-02-03-04. It's been twenty. Uh, it's been eighteen years since the Timberwolves won fifty games in a season. Maybe the rallying cry on this show is: we just want the Timberwolves to win fifty games. Fifty is nifty. That would be my
0: fifty is I'll, nifty. That would be my mar- my marketing campaign for Mark Laurie. And I think, like you just said, there's no better way to encapsulate all that stuff and push back against Carl's kind of crazy quote. They won four times they went fifty plus wins in thirty three seasons. I just said can you do 50 wins four straight seasons? Mm-hmm. Again, the barometer for this team is not the Vikings. Like it's not what, like you said, the Vikings have a, everything in the trophy case, but a trophy, right? Um, the Timberwolves don't even have a trophy case. Like they just really don't. So what would be win- in that
1: trophy case? KG's MVP would be in there.
0: The, like a faxed letter from David Stern, uh, punishing them for the Joe Smith thing. Um, maybe Steph Curry, like one of his four championship rings. He just like let them borrow. It could just uh, kind of like sit Johnny, in Flynn's, the... Johnny Flynn's headband or something,
1: and, and a picture of his smile. Yeah, I think a yeah. picture of Johnny Flynn's smile would be in there for sure. So yeah.
0: again, I just know some I weed Carl's...
1: from uh, Michael Beasley, <laughs> yeah.
0: and then some other drugs from Nicole Pekovich. I think, <laughs> I think Carl. I thought he did a pretty. I mean, the cool stuff I like as just a fan is that he seemed really. It is cool what our, whatever you think about his on court off court stuff. Like I just embrace again just kind of zagging all their zig like he's one of the few athletes now that has remained loyal um does he does he give you a lot of the flip stuff all the time he talks yeah but i don't know i think that's kind of cool because flip saunders was a pretty big deal when i was growing up so the fact that he still acknowledges you know flip giving him a chance um i like that stuff but yeah i thought the championship or bus thing was just one of those times man you just didn't have to say that and you still could have successfully had a press conference and it just that's the type of stuff that we dig up right and come April or May, when you get bounced from the playoffs, we bring that stuff up. It's kind of like when the Wolves tweeted out early in the season a couple of years ago, like the upper lowercase thing about like that they were going to be bad. And then they lost like, I don't know, a dozen straight games. Oh, like You just don't right. need to give yourself that <laughs> ammo for the public. But um, yeah. I was happy he resigned. I was happy he stayed here. He seems to be embracing the, the Gobert thing. But yeah, I just I think press conferences are weird. And we should talk about that someday about how just don't put your foot in your mouth. Like, just even if you say nothing, that's better than saying something that could get aggregated down the road.
1: Yeah. 50 is nifty. All right. We that's, go. We'll start. We'll start with one 50 win season for the first time in 18 years. That is that's the that's the stated bar on this show for the 2022, 23 season.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm glad we got in on that first. We'll have to get Jake's graphs to, like, make a shirt that 50 yeah. is nifty. 2022, 23, Timberwolves.
1: Let's make it happen. All right. That's a wrap on flagrant Howls this week. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. And uh, we'll hit you with another another episode next week. If there's things you want us to dive into during the off season topics or rankings or whatever it is, or if there's guests you would like us to aim for just uh, hit us up, send me a tweet. My DMS are open on Twitter too, just at Phil Mackey. And you can see Kyle's Twitter handle there on the YouTube screen. It's Kyle T H E I G E uh, at Kyle taggy. So, Thanks for hanging out with us. 50 is nifty, Wolves fans. Let's make it happen.